listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the unique bilingual nature of our city's culture, sharing the voices and thoughts of young people growing up and living in the city we call home. Hi, everyone. I'm Sky from Kelly Support Group, and today we have Abby joining us. Hi guys, I'm Abby. So Abby, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're originally from Hong Kong, correct? Yes, that's right. So I was born in Hong Kong, but when I was two years old, my family moved to Bangladesh to work at an NGO. So I kind of grew up there in Bangladesh. And then when I was 12 years old, I actually went to India to study in a boarding school. It was an international school and I went by myself. So my family still stayed in Bangladesh while I went to India. And I did my high school education there. Graduated when I was 18 and then I came back to Hong Kong to study at university. Wow. So basically, before you turn 20, you have already gone and lived in multiple countries and been in different cities. Yes, that's true. But mostly it was just Bangladesh at India. But I did travel around a lot. Cool. So the school that you went to in India, you said? What was that like being in a boarding school? It was nice, like it was a very small, close-knit community, very international. We didn't have a lot of students, maybe there was just three to four hundred students and that's from kindergarten all the way to A-levels. But we had like 30 nationalities in our school, so it was very diverse. But obviously there's good parts and bad parts to everything. Sure. Do you remember what the transition was like, you know, being told that you had to go to a boarding school? I was actually very excited when I first heard that okay. I was going to go to boarding school because I grew up reading a lot of books and you know in the books all these kids went to boarding school right. and so it was very exciting for me and one of my really close family friends she's a bit older than me so she's already been in that school and she's always told me stories about that school right. so it was something I always wish I could go but I never thought I would actually go to a boarding school so at the beginning I was very excited so it must have been a really exciting experience for you to actually go there then yeah it was very exciting I was really happy about it actually going there was a bit scary I remembered because we arrived in the middle of the night me and my mom and then our school was on top of a mountain and you have to go on a three-hour drive to get up that mountain it was in the middle of the night it was raining I think we like saw an elephant by the road and we were just super scared because we thought the elephant was gonna chase after our car travel on it but yeah otherwise apart from that little bit it was very exciting the whole time yeah that's really cool (laughs) I mean I think a lot of people sometimes when they think about, you know, I think in in Hong Kong, a lot of uh, young people actually get sent abroad, you know, to go to boarding school. I don't know if many people get sent to India for boarding school, but definitely I think there's some people have a lot of worries. So it's, it's cool to hear that, you know, there are some positives. What would you say were some of the challenges as well, you know, being in a boarding school setting? Well, a lot of kids are usually homesick when they first go to boarding school. So I think there's always a transition period, like maybe the first two months where a lot of kids would just cry a lot especially at night because they miss their parents or their family for me not really that much because I guess my parents always kind of raised me to be independent so I didn't really miss them a lot in that sense and I didn't really cry a lot but for me the difficult transition period was well our school is very small so when you're in that class or you're in the dorms the people you see those are the only choices you have for friends if they like you great if they don't like you well sucks to be you yeah and I went when I was 12 so I think 12 is kind of the age where everyone's a bit what's the word 
Like you're trying to figure out who you are, your yeah. identity. Yeah, and I would say the kids are not the nicest when they're 12. Everyone's a bit immature, but then they want to be mature. And then it's just like everyone's just trying to discover themselves. And I remember when I first came, because I always made friends quite easily. But then when I went there, they were like, oh, sorry, you're a new kid. And we've been here for lots of years already. So since you're the new kids, you just can't be friends with us until <laughs> you're here long enough. So it's not even like my fault. They're just like, well, you haven't been in this school for long enough. So you just can't be as close as we are so I mean in some ways it sounds like a little bit of bullying that happened as well right well I don't know if it's bullying necessarily yeah I mean there are kids who are mean there are kids who I mean but it was a lot of I guess just in general you will feel a bit rejected or you will feel a bit left out or not in the inner circle or you would feel sometimes that you don't really have that close group of friends sure and so did things change for you you know over the years you graduated from this boarding school correct yeah I was there for six years and I would say for me the struggle was every time I made a really good friend it would just come and go they would leave the school and obviously there are some people that I thought I was really good friends with or I put a lot of effort and it turns out that you know they didn't really think the same way about you it was just quite hard to make really good loyal friends I would say maybe it's just my problem I don't know and this kind of lasted all the way until I I would say A levels maybe and then I think in A levels I was quite happy but before that I was struggling a bit but I did have one really really good friend and she's my even now my high school best friend hi Ellie yeah (laughs) so that's good but apart from that yeah it was kind of hard yeah. for me to yeah. make friends there. That sounds really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what would you say to, you know, your 15-year-old self now, you know, when you look back uh, the way that you coped, you know, the way that you struggled through things, what would you say to your 15-year-old self? I would say just to take it easy. I, I would say, you know, don't take it super personally. Everyone's just immature at that age. It's okay. And it's not your problem. It's just maybe the environment. And maybe it's not even necessarily their problem. Everyone's growing up everyone's learning everyone's discovering themselves and you'll be fine afterwards yeah or maybe i would just say maybe stop trying so hard and just enjoy the people who want to talk to you and just enjoy what you're given i guess yeah yeah yeah, that's cool it's probably incredible i mean you've had um such a rich experience already Mm -hmm. in your key teenage years you Mm -hmm. know so what brought you back to hong kong you're originally from hong kong correct yes so what brought you back uh to to the city well university because i did apply to other unis like in the uk and in canada and they're all really good prestigious universities and i also applied to the really good unis in oh well, actually i just applied to two unis in hong kong and then i got accepted to cuhk and my parents wanted me to come back to hong kong because i have relatives here yeah why do you think it was important for your family that you came back to Hong Kong? I guess they thought that it's good that I have someone who would take care of me or just to look out for me when I'm here instead of going to a completely new city. Plus also, it's much cheaper for me to come to Hong Kong. The tuition fees are super expensive abroad and my family probably wouldn't be able to afford it because we have four kids so I'm not the only one who has to go to university. So it was just a lot easier and better for me to just come to Hong Kong and the university that I got accepted to. CUHK is a really good university anyways yeah and i was fine with it i was happy to be back or i was happy to come here and reconnect with my roots as well yeah so what are you up to at cuhk right now Uh, what year what are you studying 
Well, I study global studies, so I'm concentrating in international politics and global media. I'm a final year student, so this is my final semester, and I would say this final year has been quite different. I would say from the previous three years, you know, mostly our semester either has been suspended early, or we've been doing a lot of online courses or online lectures. So I haven't even been on campus that much. Yeah. So I mean, I think most people right now can hear in, in the media that you know those who are facing DSEs or mm-hmm. those who are facing final year of university would be really concerned. Is that something that's been on your mind and also your classmates? Well, I would say for the people who are doing DSEs. I guess everyone is on the same boat, so I know it's a very terrible situation to be in. My younger sister and my younger brother—they're doing their IGCSE A levels right now, and then that got canceled, so they're not taking the exams anymore at the time they're supposed to. And I heard that DSE is the same, but I would say that since everyone is in the same situation, it's kind of okay because even the grading and everything—I don't—I'm not exactly sure how DSE works, but at least for A levels or IGCSE, a lot of it is curved grading. So if Everyone's doing badly, then it's okay. Your grades are still gonna be the same, I would say, or kind of similar. Or people would understand why you got grades like that. But I would say for university students, our final year students like us, it's a bit more tough because we're coming out into the world where there's an economic recession and there's no jobs, there's no prospects. I don't know. It just seems like that. Yeah. So I know a lot of my friends, even though they have a really good GPA, they're studying something very specific, which They should be able to find a really good job. They have got interviews, but now because of the economic recession, most of the companies are saying, "Oh, sorry, we can't hire you anymore. We can't interview you anymore because of the economic recession." I know people who receive job offers where the company now says, "Sorry, we have to take back the offer. We can't give this offer to you anymore because our company is not doing well." So I feel like at this point, I've kind of given up on job hunting, and I think I'm just gonna see how things go, and then when the Economy or when things seem to pick back up, then I will start looking for jobs. Yeah. That's a really good perspective mm-hmm. uh, to have, uh, Abby. Good job. <laughs> when the outbreak first started, I actually I was freaking out. I was quite nervous. I thought, oh no, I'm not gonna find a job. I'm stuck at home. My studies, my grades are gonna be really bad. You know, there was a lot of doubts and worries that were in my mind. Plus, also I was just unhappy of the general situation where I can't even spend my final semester on campus. I have to. Be at home and do online lectures, but you know, after seeing the whole world going through the same thing, and when you realize that everyone is on the same boat, and you realize a lot of people actually have it a lot worse than you. Maybe people who had jobs but now they don't have a job and they have a family and they can't pay the rent. Then that put things into perspective for me, where I realized that I'm actually in a less worse position than a lot of people because at least I don't have responsibilities at this time, and no one has expectations for us at this time. Either, and I have a family who will take care of me if I have no money to buy food to eat. You know, I won't be homeless or anything like that. And you just realize there's so many more people with much bigger problems than you. It's cool. So, I mean, one of the things that I've realized myself during this time where I'm stuck at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're working from home. You know, I've realized new things about myself. Like I've realized new spaces in my house. You know, where the sunlight comes in, where I normally wouldn't see it, but yeah. because I'm home, I now uh-huh. see it and I get to enjoy. I can do a little bit of tan. While I'm on the phone on a conference call, right. so during this time with the coronavirus going around, has it brought any specific thoughts to your mind or things that you have been thinking about? 
yeah, something that really interested me is how every country is different when faced with this pandemic and how each country kind of handles this coronavirus differently and how they react to it differently as well. And it's because, you know, I have family that lives abroad and then I have friends who also live abroad and I just hear a lot of stories. So for example, my parents are in Bangladesh and in Bangladesh, it's a developing country. So at the beginning, when they had the first cases, it's from the workers who worked abroad in Italy and because you know Italy has a very large number of cases these people who came back home to Bangladesh they actually bought the virus in and when the government first decided that they were gonna quarantine everyone when they come back from abroad the people actually complain like oh the living conditions really bad we don't want to have this quarantine anymore so then the government's like oh okay well it's fine and I guess you guys can just self-quarantine at home but then when the journalists went to their homes to see how they're doing they realized that these people are not at home and then when they tried to find them they saw that they were just outside drinking tea with a lot of people and then when the journalists asked them hey why aren't you self-quarantining they're just like oh because we don't have symptoms we're not sick so now actually Bangladesh has a large number of unconfirmed cases even in some small village there are at least 200 cases where people had the symptoms of the coronavirus and you know for example Dhaka is a very packed city it's overpopulated and it's very scary for them in case they have a lockdown or anything happens you know Bangladesh is a place where you could have electricity cuts water cuts power cuts and I just feel very worried for my parents over there and people obviously maybe are not as highly aware of the sanitation or hygiene process that you need to take in order to prevent the virus from spreading and then in India, my siblings are actually in the same school that I was telling you about previously and the government closed down all those schools and they aren't allowed to stay in the boarding school anymore and suddenly all the international flights are cancelled and they just had to like scramble to find some place to stay and then the exams and everything got cancelled as well so obviously I'm kind of worried for my siblings as well, they're stuck in India hmm, Where are your siblings now staying? I know they're staying in their friend's place, which is good but obviously my parents were very worried about them and then in Europe where a lot of my friends are like my best friend from high school is in she's in the UK and my cousin she was also studying in a boarding school which is a high school in the UK as well and they were telling me how no one wears masks like there are literally posters in the subway telling you not to wear masks and my cousin because she's from Hong Kong so she has that high sanitation awareness that Hong Kong people have so when she tried to wear a mask to class for protective measures a lot of classmates made fun of her and then when she tried to explain to the teacher why she was wearing a mask and that it's useful for preventive measures no one understood and no one would listen to her so you know over there it's well now obviously there are very high cases and now suddenly the government had a lockdown in this country and then you know in the place where I was doing my exchange in Maastricht in the Netherlands even before the lockdown you can just see that no one was taking it seriously everyone was just hanging around in huge groups outside which I saw because of my friends social media and so on and then in America also it's quite interesting to see how every case is so different and even like for example BBC I saw just a few days ago they were telling people like not to wear a mask and how masks are not effective at all but you know in Hong Kong everyone wants their mask and they want our mask to be very high quality and I 
I think I don't know. It's just so strange for me to think that people outside are advising against masks. When for me, I feel like it's common sense, and even if it doesn't work as well as people think, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it really is interesting that different places is tackling this issue from a different way, and I think culture really does have implications. And it sounds like you know your family is all in different places yeah. facing these different cultural implications yeah. and situations. So yeah, we really hope that your family is doing okay in this time. Thanks yeah. for sharing that with us. But I guess you know for you this time where you're doing online schooling, have you discovered any new talents for yourself or things that you've picked up because you are spending more time at home rather than going out? Yeah, for sure. Especially at the beginning. Well, you know, in Hong Kong, unlike other countries like America, Europe, where they're now starting to self quarantine and they're now starting to face the pandemic. In Hong Kong, we've been facing this virus since end of Jan. So. During the two weeks where we've been stuck at home, or a lot of us have been self-isolating, it was a really good time for me to discover or try out new things that I've never really done before, and maybe cool. just to try to learn a new skill. So one of the things I've been doing while I was really bored was I tried to make a YouTube channel where I would just make little silly videos and just post them online, just because I saw how bored my friends were right. and they needed some <laughs> entertainment, and I was really bored myself, and I just wanted to try something new, and it. Was a really good time because no one had anything to do during this time, anyways. And then, obviously, with this podcast as well, I've never tried to do a podcast or edit a podcast before. But I guess again, this pandemic gave me a chance to learn or just self-learn and to teach myself new skills and just to explore different things. And I think it's fun. Like even if I'm not professional, I still feel like I've learned how to edit videos or how to film or edit audios and things like that. That's really cool. Well, I mean, during this time, you know, with a lot of people hearing about, you know, schools potentially, you know, continuing on with online forms and and the continued suspension, you know. Do you have any tips to share with other young people that are out there, whether they're in secondary school or in university? What would you say to them? I would say that. It's okay. Literally, we're all on the same boat. I know it sucks, but there's really nothing more we can do except just to try to stay positive. I feel like social media is really good, where everyone can see that everyone's on the same boat. Maybe you can just try to do something that you've never had the time or had the courage to try before, because it's the time to be creative. You can maybe work out at home, try to get your summer body in time for summer. Actually, this year maybe. Yeah, pick up a new hobby. I love. A lot of friends are. A lot of my friends are learning how to cook, or you know, you can paint, or just relax. You know, it's okay to do nothing and just Netflix and chill by yourself. You know, and a lot of people don't have the time to relax or spend time by themselves or even have enough sleep. So you know, there's a lot of things actually you can do if you're creative about it. Yeah, cool. Thank you. So famous last words. This is a great time to relax and also to get creative. From Abby. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting. Me. Bye. See you next time. All right. See you. Thanks for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. If you like the show, please subscribe and get new episodes every week. We would love to hear from you. Nominate yourself or a friend to share next, or drop us a note at h k l i f e at k e l y dot o r g. That's Hong Kong Life at Kelly dot org. See you next time.